Hey, welcome to Coastal Community Church. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're with us. And whether you're joining us at our Coconut Creek campus or our Pompano Beach campus, I just want to welcome you. We're one church with multiple locations. And so we're just one big happy family. And today, uh, I am currently in Tuvalisha, South Africa with our missions team. Uh, we're here working with a lot of the kids that we support through Children's Cup and through our partnership with uh, the church that we have in Tuvalisha, Africa. And I am so proud to report that God is doing amazing things in South Africa, uh, that we are feeding almost 350 kids daily right now. We're helping to put them through school right now. We're making sure that they have an opportunity in life that they necessarily wouldn't have if it wasn't for your generosity. And so uh, I just want to say as your pastor that I am so proud of your generosity because you guys give so faithfully, because you serve continuously, because you have a heart for the least of these. This next generation that's being raised up in South Africa is going to be a group of world changers. And I can't wait to get back to... Uh, South Florida so I can report on everything that God is doing in Africa and how you guys are making a huge difference and today we're in the beginning of a brand new series called wisdom and we're gonna be looking at some different verses out of the book of Proverbs basically the series is is it came out of this idea that there are some principles and some verses out of the book of Proverbs that have absolutely uh, transformed my life. They've transformed some of our staff's life. And so we didn't want to just like hold on to these nuggets and keep them for ourselves. But we said, you know what? There are some things, there are some principles that we want to make sure that every single person in our church knows about, that they can understand, and that they can start applying to their life. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be diving in and we're going to be learning how that we can live a wise life in such a dumb and cruel world. I mean, the reality is, is there are some dumb things going on, but we don't have to be that way. We don't have to live that way. We can live with this wisdom. And in fact, the book of Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon, who is considered the wisest man that ever lived. And inside this book, he gave his principles for how to live a wise life. And the whole idea behind this series really came out of a verse in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. And this is what Paul wrote to the church. He said, be careful how you live. It's important that we are careful in the way that we're living our lives. Like, we have to have some intentionality to how we're living. He says, don't live like fools, which some of us are kind of living foolish right now. You know who you are. You're, you're thinking to yourself, oh, man, it's that neighbor sitting next to me. If you're thinking about your neighbor, it's probably you, okay? Uh, he says, but like those who are wise. He says, we want to act like wise people. So he says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. He says, don't just, just go on throughout the world and just do whatever. But he says, put some thought to it. And he says, understand what the Lord wants you to do. So the goal of this series is to help all of us not to just walk aimlessly through life and be foolish in our decision making. But the goal of this series is to help us to make wise decisions. And isn't it just like God that he would put an entire book called Proverbs, which they consider the wisdom book, in his word so that we could learn from it, 
and we could glean from it and so that we could be wise in how we live. And so today we're going to be looking primarily at one verse, and this one verse has had a profound impact on my life. When I truly understood this verse, it was a game changer for me. And so we're going to be looking at Proverbs 13, 20. We got it up on the screen here. And this is what it says. One who walks with the wise becomes wise. But whoever keeps company with fools only harms himself. It says he who walks with the wise will become wise. But the person that's going to hang out with foolish people is going to hurt themselves. Now, there is so much that is packed into this verse. And we could spend the rest of today going through and unpacking this, but we're not. We're going to spend about 25 more minutes unpacking this, so don't get your panties in a wad that you think you're going to spend the rest of your day here. We're only going to spend a little bit of time. But what Solomon is implying here in this verse is he's implying that, listen, there are going to be some people that you are going to do life with. There's going to be some people that you're going to walk with throughout your life. Some of those people are, are going to be people that you're going to meet at a very young age, maybe when you're a kid, and they're going to be a very close group of friends for the rest of your life. Maybe there's two or three or five people that are like that, that, that you grow up with them, and throughout your entire lifetime, man, you stay in contact with them, and you just have this connection. You just have this relationship. And then at the same point, there are some people that are kind of seasonal, inner core kind of relationships in your life. Maybe they're friends for five or 10 or 15 or 20 years, and then you kind of move on to another set of friendships that are your inner core. And, and I know some of you guys are giving me a little bit of pushback on that. Like, no, man, once they're my friend, they're my, my type friend, they're always my friend. But, but let me just give you an example, because I, I think that this is so true. Like, when you start having kids, I think that you realize that your friendships predominantly start centering around other people that have other kids like your relationships like you're not hanging out with all the single folks anymore like it's not like all oh, the single ladies all oh, the single ladies all oh. like it's not rolling like that anymore that's not your crew anymore because all the single ladies don't have a clue what it's like to be a mom they don't have any recollection of that and so like they can't give you any insight on how to to calm down your toddler that's bursting out crying because they don't have a clue. They're bursting out crying because they're single, okay? I, I'm not hating on single people, but let's be honest. Y'all cry a lot, okay? Uh, but your relationships change based on the season of life. There's nothing wrong with that. And so there's going to be some different people that you walk through in life. They're going to be in the inner core of your life. Now, there's some interesting information that's out there, and, and I just read recently in the American Sociological Review, recently it came out with a study that said the average American has two close friends. Two close friends. Now, what's crazy about that is that if you were to go back 25 years ago, and in this article they talked about it, they said that the average American actually used to have six close, intimate, personal friends. The same study, uh, they, they said that 25% of Americans don't have one single person that they would call a close, trustworthy friend. Now, however you want to look at that, it seems like friendship is almost like on the decline as far as close friendships in our society go. And, and it begs to 
to ask the question, like, what's going on with that? And this isn't really what this message is about, but, like, there's probably a lot of factors that are, that are playing into why uh, friendships are on a decline. But I think that there's two primary reasons uh, why friendships are declined. Uh, one of those happens to be the pace of our life today. Um, I, I, I think that over the last 25 years, our pace of life has increased so much and we have this propensity to want to be more successful, have more achievement, achieve more things in this life. And because we're always striving for more, the friendships in life have kind of become a secondary thing in life. And so our pace of life has caused the decline in relationship. The second area that I think that has caused a lot of decline in our relationships, and I'm going to say this primarily because of the... Uh, younger generation that's represented at Coastal is I think that social media has impacted our ability to have really deep and meaningful and close relationships. And I just totally think that it's redefining relationships as we see them. And, and listen to me here. I, I love social media. I, I love Instagram. I love Twitter. I love Facebook. I, I don't love Snapchat. Uh, but I, I, I like those social medias, and, and I think that social media is, is a great entertainment tool. Like, I think it's, it's an amazing entertainment value. I think that it's, it's fun to see what people are doing. It's been a great tool and resource for our church to promote what is happening out there in the world and what's happening within our church. But hear me out. I think that it is a lousy replacement for deep and meaningful and close relationships. It's a terrible replacement because listen, a friend is not somebody that's so bored that they don't have anything to do but like all of your posts. That's not friendship, people. A lot of us, we think, oh man, I got all these friends. No, 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 you got a whole bunch of people that don't have a life that all they have time to do is go like, like, like. If there was a dislike, you would find out that there's probably a lot of dislikes about your posts. And so I think social media, to some degree, is redefining friendships. And there's this temptation with social media uh, where I, I think that we are way less concerned with really building friendships. And we're way more uh, concerned with broadcasting an image about ourselves. Like we're trying to put on this persona that isn't really, really real. And I don't know if you've realized this or not, but we're sharing more information today than we have ever shared in our entire lifetime. Like, way more. Like, today, I, I, I guarantee by noon today, I'll know more about you based on the food pictures that you're going to post than I would have known a year ago. Because we're, we're sharing way more information, and, and I love food posts pictures because I love food okay so like post your food pictures I want to see what you had at lunch today I'm going to be jealous if you got something good but like the reality is is that while we're sharing more and more details about our lives every survey out there every study out there shows that we are lonelier than ever today so while social media is a great tool don't ever see it as a replacement for real and authentic friendships. And so when Proverbs says that there's going to be this group of people that you're going to walk through life with, uh, it, it's referring to what I would call their inner core group of people in your life. These are going to be some close, 
intimate relationship that you're going to have. That there is going to be a closeness. There's going to be an authenticity there. And in your life, like, you're maybe going to have maybe two to ten people that fall into this group. This is not a large group of people. And this is really what we're referring to here because I, I think if we were to do some concentric circles, you know, where we build on top of one another, there would be this inner core that's like two to ten people. Then on the next circle, there would be a group of people that we have relationship with that we would call friends that we hang out with and we do some things with, but yet we don't share the most intimate details of our life with. And in that group, there might be 25 people, there might be up to 100 people. I, it's somewhere in that range where you would have some friendships that are within that range. And then there would be a third circle, which it would I would call uh, acquaintances, like you know them, but you don't really know them. I mean, you say, if you see them in the mall, you'll give them the international nod for what's up or give them some dap, you know, whatever it may be. But you, but you know who they are. And based on what you do for a living and how you network in life, that, that group could be 100 people or it could be 5,000 people based on what you do. But what we're really talking about here and what Proverbs is talking about when it talks about he who walks with the wise becomes wise is really talking about that inner core group. And, and the people that you pick to be in that inner core group are gonna have a tremendous impact on your life and you are going to have a tremendous impact and influence over theirs. And so Proverbs says, he who walks with the wise will become wise. And this has got some huge implications for us. In fact, I, I put this in your notes because I think it's so good. It says, your friends, like the people that are in your inner core, will determine the quality and the direction of your life. The people that are in the inner core of your life are going to determine the quality and the direction of your life and this isn't new information for most of you guys like you get this and, and even though we try to forget this principle at times we think that really it no longer applies to us once we hit 18 like this principle isn't necessarily that big of a deal but we know that this is nothing new because our moms used to freak out over who we hung out with when we were kids didn't they like, they would, they would freak out. In fact, some of your parents so freaked out over who you were, who you were hanging out with, they made you change schools because they didn't like who you were hanging out with. Some of your parents, when they saw the relationships that you were hanging out with that were in your neighborhood, while it was a nice subdivision, the relationships were there were so detrimental to your life, they decided they were going to move you to another subdivision. That's how important the relationships in your life were. Some of your parents, they were so worried about you, they weren't just willing to move subdivisions. They were willing to move states to get you away from some people. And so we all know that this is a big deal. I mean, I can remember as a kid, I, I grew up on a street in Sarasota called Java Plum, and, and I was about five years old at the time. And I remember my mom, I, there were these kids next door, uh, that were like the cool kids. There, we had tons of kids on our street, man. It was so much fun to go outside and play. Back in the day before video games when kids actually played outside, like we used to play outside and ride bikes and make up games and have an imagination. Kids today, they don't have that. Uh, all they have is like Xbox. Like let's play Xbox or let's play on our phone. Like we had some imagination. And so like I'd go outside and I'd be playing every day and my mom would go, listen, you can go play at this person's house. You can play at this person's house. You can play at this person's house, but don't you dare go play at their house. I'll be like, Mom, like, I want to go play at their house. This is America. You can play anywhere you want. 
That's what we're supposed to be. And she'd be like, no, you're not. But, and I'd be like, but mom, their house is awesome. Their house is so much fun. Like their parents are never home and we can do whatever we want. And she'd be like, that's exactly why you can't play there. And I'd be like, but mom, they have cable television. We can watch Nickelodeon. We can watch MTV. They got HBO, mom. She'd be like, exactly, that's why. And dad would be like, they got HBO? You know, I mean, they like, but we know this principle like we've heard it before is why as parents you pay attention to who your kids are hanging out with and this principle isn't just a secret for parents this principle is a secret for our life listen as parents you get scared to death about who your kids are hanging out with as adults you should be scared to death about who you're hanging out with because this principle doesn't end at 13. This principle applies at 23. This principle applies at 43. This principle applies at 63. This principle applies at 83. This principle applies at 103. It doesn't apply at 104 because you don't remember who you hung out with. But it applies up until that point. I'm just kidding. It, it, it might apply at 104 if you don't have Alzheimer's, okay? Uh, but when I start thinking over the course of my life, like, I've gotten into so much trouble. And when I start thinking about all the trouble that I got into, I rarely got in trouble by myself. Almost every time that I got in trouble, it was always with a group of friends. Now, let me ask you a question by, by the raising of hands. How many of you guys last night stumbled home drunk? Go ahead, raise your hands. Uh, I didn't probably think anybody was going to raise their hands to that. Uh, you know, it just, it's just throwing it out there. But if you did stumble home drunk last night, I'm going to bet you didn't go out drinking by yourself. You probably went out with some friends. And when we get in trouble and make dumb decisions in life, it's rarely done by ourselves. It's almost always surrounded by some friends so here is the million-dollar question that we have to ask ourselves do you want to become like those you're with do you want to become in your life like those you are with think about that inner core of relationship think about those closest relationships that you have if you're married do you want your marriage to look like their marriage if you're single, do you want your singleness to look like their singleness? Do you want your dating life to look like their dating life? Do you want your kids to act like their kids? Do you want to steward your money the way that they steward their money? Do you want to become like the people you are with? Now, believe it or not, the book of Proverbs goes into a lot of information about who you are to become and that is the goal who are you becoming in life that is what we're all after it's not necessarily about what you're doing it's about who you're becoming uh, but I also know that who you're becoming based on this verse is based on some of the people that influence who you're becoming and Proverbs actually gives us some people that you should watch out for in your life because they are going to influence who you are going to become in your inner core. And, and now let me say this as, as we get ready to dive into these. Um, I'm not telling you to cut these people out of your life. 
don't, don't misrepresent what I'm saying here. Like, I think you need to love these people. I think you need to care about these people. I think you need to invest in these people. I, I think you need to listen to these people. I need, you need to be patient towards them. You need to push them towards Jesus. But you also, at the same point, need to be very, very, very careful about allowing them into the inner core of your life. And so if you're taking notes, number one, you need to be careful of people who constantly look down on others. If you have someone on your inner core uh, like this, you're asking for trouble in your life. Proverbs 16, 8 says, pride precedes destruction, an arrogant spirit gives way to a nasty fall. It says, pride and arrogance, in essence, will always destroy relationships. And we're going to talk some more about pride in, in the coming weeks. I, I, I think it's going to be an incredible, incredible message, so I don't want to go too deep into this today. But what Proverbs is saying here is, is that walking too closely with an arrogant, prideful, puffed-up person, what that's going to do is that over time, that arrogant, prideful, puffed-up person is going to eventually become judgmental. And that judgmentalism, I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going to use it today. Judgmentalism that they have is eventually going to start to seep into your life if you don't watch out for it. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I got enough pride and arrogance that I don't need anybody else contributing to mine already. Like, I don't need you to give me some of your pride so I have some more because I got enough to deal with already. What I need in my life is I need people who walk in humility so when that pride and arrogance starts rising up, I recognize it like that. And I can go, man, that is not the way I should be living when it comes to my relationships. And so the, the Bible says be careful about people who are constantly looking down on others. The Bible also says be careful of people who don't value truth. It's very clear. Be careful of people that don't value truth. Proverbs 12, 22, it says, Lying lips disgust the eternal, but those who act faithfully delight him. It says you walk closely and invite somebody into the inner circle, the inner core of your life who doesn't value truth and doesn't honor faithfulness. You are setting your life up for heartbreak every single time. Now, back in the day, I used to do a lot of counseling. I used to do a lot of premarital counseling, and um, I would have these couples walk in all the time, and you would see that there's some tension, like, in the relationship, and, and when you start seeing that there are some issues in the relationship, one of the best things that you can do in that situation, like, you can see, like, man, there's, there's some walls that are going up, is you separate out those, that couple, and you, you talk to them one-on-one, -on -one and and I, so many times I'd walk into the room with the woman and I would sit down and I'd go, you know what, like what, what's going on? Like what, what is the problem here? Like why are all of these walls up in your life? And before long she would start telling me that uh, he had cheated on her and uh, you know when they started dating a long time ago and then he came back and he said he was sorry and so after they broke up for a little bit she took him back and a couple of months later he cheated again and, and this time she was furious but three weeks later, he came, and, and he put a ring on it, and so, therefore, it's going to work. And, and I would be like, listen, Beyonce, that's great news that he put a ring on it. But that does not solve the patterns of, of lying and cheating and unfaithfulness that are in his life. 
Like that, that, like that doesn't make it all right because that behavior hasn't changed. And listen, I, I try not to give a ton of, of dating advice. Like I, I just don't because I got married at 21. Like I, I, I started dating my wife when I was uh, 20 years old. Before that, I was in an internship where I couldn't date. And before that, I was in high school, which means I didn't have a brain. So like those don't really apply. And so I don't like to give tons of dating advice because I, I don't have tons. Like I just got married and I, I've lived life since then. Uh, and, and marriage is awesome. But here's what I would tell you single people. Marry someone for who they are today, not for who you think and hope they could be tomorrow. Some of y'all need to hear that again. Marry somebody for who they are right now today, not for who you hope and think they could be tomorrow. Because listen, that's unfair to you, and that's unfair to that person. If there's patterns of lying and unfaithfulness and cheating and not being truthful, what you need to do is you need to sit down and you need to work through those things. And, and I'm not saying that it won't work out, but if you don't work that out right now before you ever get married, all those things that you just think are, are kind of cute little annoyances right now, they're not cute when you get married. Those things that are just kind of, kind of rub you the wrong way right now will infuriate, infuriate you a year from now. And so, like, you need to deal with that stuff right now because you think that marriage makes everything better. What marriage does is it just multiplies everything that's wrong. And so get some help. So deal with it while you have a chance. Deal with those patterns in your life. Same thing is true in, in business. Like, some of you guys are thinking about getting into a business dealing with somebody who isn't necessarily uh, breaking the law, but they sure are towing the line. Do you really want to connect yourself with somebody that's going to be like that? Do you really want that kind of person in the inner core of your relational world? And the Bible is saying this, look out for people that are that way. Third one, it says, be careful of it. It says, be careful of people who have no control over their mouth. Be careful, careful of people that just spit out whatever they're thinking. Because those, 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 the people that are walking around in your life right now, the way that they speak and the way that they hold on to words says a lot about them. Proverbs eleven thirteen 13 says, a gossip can't keep anything confidential, but a reliable person protects a secret. Now, this one right here, this one is huge for me. See, this is the difference between the inner core people in my life and the people that are in the next concentric circle. See, the people in the inner core uh, uh, of my life have got to be people that I can trust, that they can control their mouth. They, because a, a, a huge, huge part of deep, meaningful, close relationships for me is, is that we have got to be 100% truthful. And we've got to be 100% honest. And that means that I, I've got to be able to, to open up and tell you the deepest, darkest secrets of my life. And, and I've got to be able to do that in confidence that it's not going to go anywhere from here. And if there is one hint inside of me that you can't keep your mouth shut, like I just shut down emotionally. In fact, there's people that are in that next level of circle that I hang out with, man, that I have fun with, that I love them in life, but they will never enter into my inner core because they cannot control their mouth. And you've got to have some people that you can trust 
that when the crap is hitting the fan in, in, in life, that you can go to them and you can spill it all and share it and know that, man, they've got your back. And that information is not going to go anywhere beyond what was agreed upon. So, so important for the inner core of your life. Fourth area we need to be careful of is, is people who encourage conflict. So one more person that you don't want to have in the inner core of your life. It says in Proverbs 16, 28, perverse people stir up contention. Gossip makes best friends into enemies. I mean, does anybody know anybody like that? Don't raise your hands if you're sitting next to them. But, like, we all know some people that, like, they just go through life, and it's like everywhere they go, conflict follows them. They're, they're like a conflict machine. They're just producing conflict. It's like any opportunity to make something a big deal or to get offended by something, like, they're on it. Like, like sign me up. I'm offended. And then you got to make a big deal to get them unoffended. And they just, they just live by that stuff, and they love stirring up stuff. Do you know why the Bible calls these people perverse? Which is pretty strong language. I mean, think about it. The Bible doesn't normally call people names, but it says that they're perverse. And the reason the Bible calls them perverse is because I believe that anyone who has been miraculously reconciled by God, like the amazing grace of God has been bestowed upon them and they've received that in their life should now have this reconciling spirit in their life and so what that means is is that man you've re received this undeserved grace when jesus died on the cross for all of your sin for all of your shame for all of your pain for all of your wrongs you received grace that's unmerited favor god says man i'm going to give you something that you don't deserve and because we've been given that, when something sort of conflict comes up in our life, our natural response, because the Spirit of God is living inside of us, should be like, man, we need to reconcile this situation any way possible. In fact, if I can just let go of this thing, like, I just need to let it go. If, if I'm offended by this situation, like, do, 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 am I really offended? Like, we need to really look within ourselves and decide, like, is this something personal for me that I need to deal with in my heart, or is this something done by them? And if it is something done by them, like, I need to reconcile that. I need to go and make that right as quickly and as biblically and as lovingly as possible, because that's what a reconciling heart does. That's what a reconciling spirit does. And so the Bible is being so clear here that, man, like, you have got to make sure that the people that are in the, the inner core of your life are not people that are constantly stirring up conflict. And listen, we could go on and on. These are just four. We could have gone on to 44 of what the book of Proverbs talks about. But what it's saying is, is we have got to be wise about who we allow in our life. Because who we allow in our life is huge. Now, going back to Proverbs 13, 20, there is a principle in this verse that I think a lot of us miss. And, and I heard Andy Stanley from North Point Community Church teach on this a long time ago, and, and it, it blew my mind. Like, it was a game changer for me. And, and what he said in this verse is that there is a promise and there is a warning. So the verse says, one who walks with the wise becomes wise. And so the, the, the promise here is, is that if you walk with wise people, 
you are going to become wiser. If you surround yourself in your inner core with wise people, it's like it's going to rub off on you. Like all of a sudden, like you're around wise people, like you rub off on them and they rub off on you. And all of a sudden, you're going to be walking around with more wisdom than you ever had. And so what I want to do is I want to define wisdom so that you understand what I'm saying when I say wisdom. And wisdom is essentially connecting the dots in life. In fact, the definition is, is wisdom is understanding that all of life, is connected like every single aspect of life is connected when I was a kid I, I, I used to love gumball machines because they had these things called Super Bowls and and Super Bowls were incredible because you would take this ball and you would throw it on the ground and it wasn't like a normal ball that would just like bounce up to your hand and, and I would throw this on the ground but I would never get it back and this video would be terrible at that point but uh, like I would throw this ball and it would bounce and it would go all over the place like if I threw it up against this wall it would bounce and hit this wall and then bounce off this wall and bounce back to that wall and bounce to this wall and just keep bouncing around until it eventually would stop and what you realize with the Super Bowl is that one throw doesn't just have one consequence it actually has multiple consequences. It actually has multiple reactions. It's actually connected. When it bounces off here, it connects to here. When it bounces off there, it connects to there. When it bounces off there, it connects over here. And all of a sudden, you start to see that every decision that we make is connected all throughout our life. And so the decisions that we are making today have some huge implications. And wisdom is understanding that what you do today that what you think today, that what you say today, that, that is impacting who you're going to become tomorrow. Do you get that? Like everything that you're doing, that all of our life is connected. There are no isolated events. There are no isolated thought patterns. There are no isolated relationships. Wisdom is connecting all of the dots in life, if I do this, then that is going to happen, then that's going to happen, then that's going to happen, then that's going to happen. And so the promise of this verse is that if I walk with the wise, and if I walk with people who are wise, then it's going to be contagious in my life. And because they're able to connect the dots in their life, I'm going to start to be able to connect the dots in my life. And I'm going to begin to understand that if I do this, then that's going to happen. And if I do that, then this is going to happen. Now, what we assume because of this promise that it says, walk with the wise and you'll become wise, is that if you walk with a fool, then you'll become a fool. I mean, that's, that's what we would assume that this verse would say. But that isn't what the promise says. It says... That if I hang out with wise people, I'll become wise. The warning here, though, is a little different. It doesn't say if you hang out with fools, then you'll become a fool. It doesn't say that. This is very subtle, but it's also extremely huge. What this verse, can you throw that verse back up? What this verse says, but whoever keeps company with fools only hurts himself. Walk with the wise and you'll become wise, and whoever keeps company with fools will only hurt themselves. What this verse is actually saying, and what this means is that you could walk around your entire life with foolish people and not necessarily become foolish. 
You can walk around and listen to foolish people, and, 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 and your thoughts are not going to become foolish. You can walk around uh, with people who believe foolish things, and that doesn't mean that your belief is going to be foolish. The warning is this. You walk around with foolish people long enough, and at some point, their life is going to explode, and your life is going to be impacted by the shrapnel of their life. It's saying, listen, their life is going to impact your life. That's the warning. That's the warning. You hang out with foolish people, it is going to impact you. And this is really important because for so long, this was my thought process. And I defended a lot of foolish relationships that I had. Because I thought, like, I'm, I can hang out with foolish people because I'm never going to do the foolish things that they do. Like, I'm too smart for that. I, I can hang out with foolish people and listen to how they think because they're stupid and I'm never going to think that way. And so I would justify a lot of those relationships in my life and I would think I'm safe from ever doing anything foolish. And the thing that I would tell you today and the thing that I learned myself is that we are dead wrong with that kind of thinking. We're just straight up dead wrong because we are not safe because eventually what is going to happen is you are going to be this companion of fools and even though you might not have adopted their lifestyle and you might not have adopted their thought pattern and you not, might not have adopted their belief system, eventually their behavior is going to impact you in such a serious way. So let me define what a fool is and, and so a fool is a person who knows the difference between right and wrong and doesn't care it's a person that knows the difference between right and wrong and doesn't care and and i'm sure all of you have tried to explain something to a foolish person before they'll come and they'll ask you a question like what do you think i should do in this situation as a pastor i get this question all the time and it's really easy for me to look at their life and go, listen, here's the steps. You need to do this, you need to do this, and you need to do this. And if you do that, this is what will happen. And what they'll do is they'll listen to me and they'll go, that's great. And then they'll walk over here and they'll do exactly what they wanted to do the entire time and listen to none of my advice. You know what that person is? That person is a fool. And the Bible says you surround yourself with people like that in your inner core. It is going to hurt you big time. Now, I know the pushback that I'm going to get from some of you, and some of you are going to be like, but, but Pastor TJ, man, you're forcing me to choose between compassion and love and, and wisdom. You're forcing me to, to make that, that choice. And let me just put those two words up here. Compassion and wisdom. Is, is there a wisdom slide? Yeah. So we got compassion and wisdom. Like we got both of these. And a lot of times we think that these, these two things, that they are polar opposites. Like compassion is, is opposite uh, of wisdom in life. And, and this is what I want you to know. At, at Coastal, um, like we are all about you having diverse relationships. Uh, our, our church was started on this idea that everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect and anything's possible. And we started this church for the people that 
uh, were fools because they didn't know about the understanding of God. And so they were living lives that were detrimental themselves. And, and we absolutely love all people at all places of life. But there is a distinct difference uh, in, in living a wise life and a foolish life. And so, sometimes we think that compassion and love and wisdom don't go together. But I, I would actually argue that compassion and wisdom go hand in hand. They are not opposites of one another these two things cannot go in separate directions in fact i don't think that true compassion and love will ever call you to do something that is unwise in your life and so you have to understand that these things are opposites um they're actually work together and sometimes if you have fools in your life someone who knows the difference between right and wrong and they don't care the best thing that you could do for them in a relationship in the best way that you can love them and, and care for them and serve them and point them to Jesus that you can do is, is is not allow them to be in the inner core of your life like you need you need to have compassion on them you need to be kind to them you need to love them in, in, in certain ways and you need to point them to Jesus but whatever you do don't put them in the inner core of your life and if you're single out there whatever you do don't marry that joker Love them, serve them, point them to Jesus. But when their life falls apart, you better have created some distance in that relationship. And here's why. And I think that this is unbelievably compassionate and the loving thing to do. Because here's what's going to happen. Your full friend, they're going to fall off the cliff. Your full friend is going to hit rock bottom. Your full friend is going to have a catastrophe in their life. And when life implodes on them and they realize how empty they are and how broken they are, who in the world do you think they're going to call? Do you think they're going to call their other foolish friends? No. The phone call they're, they're going to make is to you. The office that they're going to walk in is going to be your office. The knock on the door is going to be your door. Because you were healthy and wise enough to create some distance in that relationship. And you have to understand that compassion and love over here and wisdom over here are not opposites they actually go hand in hand drawing back a relationship that is sometimes the most compassionate thing that we can possibly do when we take a step back from a relationship man it can be the greatest act of love that we could do so that when their life falls apart we have a life that can help put them back together now in this idea of relationship I always want to come back to this because at the end of the day, the kind of friend that I want to be and the kind of friend that I want to have around me and that I want to develop is, is the kind of friend that, that kind of comes out of this verse in Genesis 33. Um, and it's this, this, this really cool picture of these two brothers coming back into a relationship after they've been away for a long time. And in Genesis 33, 10, 
be. This is what one of the brothers says to the other when he sees him. He says, what a relief to see your friendly smile. It's like seeing the face of God. See, I want to be the kind of friend that when other people see me, they get excited because they see the face of God through my life. And I want to have friends in my life that when I see them, I see the face of God when I interact with them. Not that those people are going to be perfect, not that they've got it all going on, but what they do have is they have some qualities that are causing them to strive closer and closer to Jesus. And those qualities that are in their life are inspiring my life to get closer and closer to Jesus. And so every time I see them, every time I interact with them, every time I'm doing life with them, it's like having an encounter and an experience with God. And our goal for you here at Coastal, one of our values is, is we do life together because we want you to have some relationships in your life, in your inner core, that when you encounter them, it's like seeing the face of God. It's drawing you closer to the very heart and the very nature of God. And it's causing you to become wiser. It's causing you to become better. It's causing you to love God in a greater measure. And it's causing you to love people differently than you ever have before. So, Coastal, I want to encourage you. He who walks with the wise becomes wise. Let's be a community that lives this out. Let's walk with the wise and have compassion and love for those that are foolish right now, but yet not put them in a place that's going to harm us, but put ourselves in a place where we can help them. Let's pray. God, we just come before you, and I thank you so much for every man, for every woman, for every teenager that's in this place here today. God, I pray right now that you would help us to evaluate the inner circle of relationships that are in our life. God, and as we're looking at those people, that we would, we would analyze and we would make sure that we have people that are living wise lives. Not that they're perfect lives, not that they have it all together, but their life is a life that we can see evidence. They're striving for a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus. And as they do that, God, that they would help us to see your face and that we would become a little bit better every single day. God, thank you for what you're doing in people's lives. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.